Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. We're talking about the premiere of Real Housewives of Potomac, one of the best of the housewife chain. If you don't watch it, you should. We're on episode one of season five, Old Testaments and New Revelations. I'm Ilana. I'm Dina. Welcome and let's get started. Okay, so the first episode, we start... We're at Karen's house. There is glass on the floor. It's black and white. Oh, my God. We hear Monique's name being yelled. And then we go to seven weeks earlier. Already, I was my I, already I was like, oh, my gosh. My feathers were ruffled. I didn't know what to do. I, was, I had to pause it. I had to rewind. I had to go back. I was like, what is happening? So as many like true Real Housewives of Potomac fans know, there was a fight between Monique Samuels and Candace Dillard that left all of the Real Housewives of Potomac stars shocked and stunned. And both women actually took legal action against each other in 2019, but the charges were ultimately dismissed. I'm fairly certain from things I've read that Bravo is not allowed, Bravo liberties, I should say, are not allowed to sue each other. So I think that was partly why it might have been dismissed. But the whole season is building up to this huge fight. And I am just watching every detail of their interaction with bated breath. I am shocked with you. Alana has been doing a lot of investigation work because I have to say, I follow all of them and I did not know this. Okay, so last year, almost immediately after filming, this came out. So I don't know how you missed it. I don't know if it was because filming had just ended. Maybe I didn't miss it. Maybe I clocked it then. And then you clocked out. Busy (laughs) building an empire. Well, you clocked out because I remember this, and I think every true Potomac fan remembers this. So clearly, that was my shade. So clearly, you were not as invested in this drama off screen as you are when it's on your screen, whereas I am always in it. I'm in it to win it, Dina. You know, and I don't appreciate what you're saying, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it in, but I'm gonna let it right out. Rigby, you're a good girl, and you watch a lot of shows and give me a lot of good feedback, but this one has disappointed me. I thought you knew this. I literally started this off by saying everyone knows this. Well, let me make one point. Would you even have watched Potomac without this? No. And by this, I mean me, you guys, because I don't think you can see me, but Dina, because I love Potomac. (laughs) Two years to get Alana to watch it. Two years, everyone. Okay, but anyway, I think we can all... Those who who watch Potomac know it is one of the best of the franchise. It cannot be missed. If you love witty comedy, good TV, drama, emotions, everything that the housewife can give you and more, it to me is like New York is the top, Atlanta and Potomac. Those are by far the strongest of the housewife and the cast is amazing because the age range that they have on that cast alone creates such an interesting uh, connection and yet it's seamless it's not like in New York where you get like sort of Leah and Ramona where you're sort of like these people will never be in each other's world in this world it blends and it's harmonious 
and fun little insider information for everyone. Those three were the hardest shows for me to get Ilana to watch. <laughs> Forever to get her because she started with Beverly Hills, I believe. Then I got you into New York, which took me forever. Then, I mean, Atlanta, everyone became her favorite. before Atlanta. Yeah, I had to get you into Atlanta and Potomac. You guys, years I talked to her about it. I would come up to her and be like, this will be your show. You will love it. But you know what? She's now a dedicated fan, knows more than me. So you're welcome, everyone. You are welcome. So back to the seven weeks, we see Monique with a parrot. Interesting, I guess. Seven weeks later, Monique is sitting there looking amazing, having just had a baby. Like, nine-month-old baby, and she looks as fit as ever, but she seemed more focused on her new baby bird, T'Challa. I thought that was interesting. I also just think her kids and her daughter are so beautiful. I just wanted to take the whole family. Side note. Even though I heard her call the bird T'Challa like three times, when I did look up on the screen and saw the name T apostrophe C-H-A-L-L-A-H spelled out, I did read it as T'Challa because I'm Jewish. <laughs> oh, I love that. That would have been a fun little name. And I thought, wow, she likes my people. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe Monique does. She seems like a cool person. I also like that she took the parrot with her too. Not baby. Yes, she took the parrot she, to Karen's house. She was worthy to come see Karen, but not baby Chase. And I have to say, that baby was cute AF. I would have brought that baby everywhere, but Monique seemed really in need. Almost like it was some sort of like therapy animal for her because she really wanted that bird with her anywhere she went. She put it on a leash, Dina. She put a bird on a lead. No. I feel like Monique and that bird, there, there's probably a lovely story there. Is it one that I care to know? I'm good. I'm good. But I felt like, you know, that was something she needed us to see. And I took it in. And again, I let that write out. And see, that's where you and I differ because I want to deep dive on that story. And I, I hope you do. And maybe you can give me, you know, little, little notes. I, I did love, though, when they kept showing us Karen's house during this, these moments and then going to Monique, who looked so pretty in her confessional, but also just threw so much shade at Karen. Did you see the deer in Karen's backyard? I couldn't stop focusing on it. I was like, there's a bird on this woman. Is that deer going to come and attack? I don't know bird and deer relationship. You know what? I don't think I even... I went right away to the way I could tell by the camera work, by the way Karen was kind of almost describing the house and also the way Monique was commenting. I knew, I said to myself, Dina, there's some shade coming. And Monique did not disappoint because they asked her, what do you think of the house? And I love Monique saying, I thought it was cute. I like it. It's nice for her and Ray. No shame. And I once talked about this very thing because someone once came to my house and kept telling me how cute my house was. And I was so offended by this word. And Dina did not understand. I was like, that's because you're not married yet. If someone comes to your house and calls it cute, what they're trying to tell you is that your house is small and not that nice. And my house is not cute. My house is magnificent. 
I agree. I just didn't know. I don't know the rules yet. I'm still by shade. So, you know, I don't know those things. I know that my house is like a walk-in closet. And my house has a walk-in closet. So there's a difference right there. <laughs> but I will say, actually, just like getting into the emotion of why I love this show so much. Right after we get some shade, we got Karen Huger, La Grande Dame, opening up about her and Ray having a disconnect. I felt so sad. I actually thought Ray and Karen were one of those reality TV ride or die couples, like a Kyle and Mauricio, like a Peikai and Dorit, like a Lisa Vanderpump and Ken. I don't mean to only mention Beverly Hills Housewives, but those seem to be the ones that stick together the most. So I just was so sad to hear about Ray and Karen's disconnect. See, for me, I found it so shocking. One, I was thinking, when did Monique and Karen become so close that Monique, who is so private, sorry, that Karen, who is so private, is willing to share all this information? So in my head, I was already thinking, you know, something's about to come out. Something's happening behind the scenes. No, I just felt like there was some very um, fourth wall shade right there because part of the thing that I thought was very interesting was Karen was trying to say part of their disconnect came from her um, traveling all the time. And she tried to suggest it was because of her perfume, La Dame. And I was just sitting there like, well, if you could break the fourth wall right now, you'd really be admitting that you're traveling so much because you're on the show and you're promoting the show because no one's buying your perfume. And I well, felt like there was some misshade. But I also felt... I noticed this and everyone fun little um, game, drinking game to play or smoking, depending on what you like to do. But every housewife throughout this episode, every time they hug Karen, goes to her and says, you smell good, which I thought like was really nice of all of them. They're, they're promoting her because everyone's going to wonder why are they saying she smells good? It's for her perfume. And I think it's because they know things at home aren't going well. But I did find it shocking that Karen was saying anything. But that's what I love about the show. Five minutes, well, the first scene we find a shocking bit. And then, like, into the episode, there's nothing boring. I thought for the parrot, I was going to look away. I couldn't look away because then there was this emotional talk. Yeah, and then, you know, they jump right into the next new house. And we go right into Giselle and Jamal drama. I was so sad for the daughters of Giselle when they were saying that they don't trust her getting back together with their father, that they are worried and concerned about their mom because unless you remember, their father had cheated a lot on their mother. And after 12 years apart, they're getting back together. And it broke my heart that his three daughters were so cautious to love him again as the partner of their mother i felt so sad for her and when they said that when he calls and he does stuff it's almost show up or be fake i felt like it's such a sad thing for the kids to feel but also for, for her but i think we've noticed in past seasons because i feel like they've even brought this up on reunions or maybe when i watch interviews with the fact that the way she is with her daughters even though she seems like an amazing mother, I'm not saying that, but they do have a friendship and an honesty. So I feel the girls 
are not thinking of it like their mother and daughter. You know, Ilana and I have been very blessed in this way. Our parents have been together pretty much from the time they were like little in a certain way. So they, we've always just always seen them as a couple, as a unit. It's always been them and them as a unit. And then we get our private times with them. We're both very close with both our parents, but it, we've never had that separation. So it was also to me so interesting to see that the girls felt like they were fifth wheels in the relationship with their parents because I know I felt that way you know when Alana first met her husband it was very hard for me because I was used to being her shining star you know her partner in crime and here's this like amazing guy you know but who's also trying to steal my thunder with my sister so it's a bit to get used to you're crazy. But it is different because they're not trusting their dad. Like, even the, his relationship with them, it broke my heart. Not just that they didn't trust him to be a good partner to their mother, but also that they felt, I know you said it, but that they felt that he only calls them so that he can then tell her, I did this fatherly thing. So it felt so sad that they're not only mistrusting of him as a partner to their mom but even of his intentions with them as a dad and it made me think he must have been kind of checked out as a dad yeah I mean only from the reality shows I've watched but what I can tell and I'm going to use as my main reference um the Braxton family values but their father who was a minister as well I believe um, and they grew up in the church as well. He was cheating for years and had a double life. And I don't think it bodes well with the daughters and their father. I just feel like it gives them a really bad sense of trust. And again, I've never been through this. I don't feel like you have, like, Baruch Hashem. But I feel yeah, because I have the same parents as you. You do. So I just think that, you know, in this way, for me, my like psychology background came in and I was just thinking, you know, it's just so interesting. It's such a different perspective from everything I could ever even imagine. And again, I felt like what you said, it was just so, so heartbreaking. But then they take us to a completely different scene with Candace in a beautiful striped red blouse. And I have to say the I was instantly shocked and taken aback as soon as they wrote the name Candace on the screen because I did not realize that she spells her name C-A-N-D-I-A-C-E, meaning there's an extra I in there. And talk about a narcissist having an extra sense of me in her name with the extra I. I was like, what is happening? I it's love that I didn't even notice right away when the scene came on, it was like, what is she wearing? Because I like the way- yeah, she's so beautiful. I don't always love the way maybe she puts, I think each piece she owns is beautiful, but sometimes the way maybe she chooses to put it together, I might do it a different way. But I love seeing what she has because I'm always inspired. Oh, I want something like this. I want something like that. Well, her mom's a psychologist and I just thought, you know, your daughter has some psychological things going on right there. A lot of them I would guess having to do, as she said, with the mother. So I thought, you know, how interesting that you gave her that little extra eye, that little extra sense of me. You know, the eye in Candace is for me as in Candace. Well, Candace, you know, has to start thinking about the eye, the me, because, 
you know, Ma, as she, aka Dorothy, you know, has cut Candace off. We've learned this. Did Candace cut her off or did Dorothy cut Candace? Because Candace said that basically, you know, it would, she would, before she'd take more coins from Dorothy, it would, she would go down to the bowels of hell. I think I'm direct quoting her from memory. And that might be a true quote, but I feel like just from a, a mother-daughter type relationship, again, it's not me, I'm not there. These are all just within my own, you know, heart of believing. I feel like it was either a mutual cutoff or that, you know, Dorothy did not care for the way that Candace was speaking of certain things and made it clear that if that way was going to continue, Candace was going to get cut off. So again, the cutoff happened. Well, their relationship is what makes a great housewife. It does. And if that was Dorothy's intention, she built a perfect housewife. And I will say that, you know, if I accuse my mom, and by accuse, I use that actually in this case very loosely because there was a lot of witnesses and video of the incident of beating me with a pocketbook and then pardon, bringing it up at a reunion that is on international television, I might be no longer accepting money from her as well. You know, it's a give or take type relationship and you just have to see. Obviously, one thing I saw throughout this episode and even it, I feel like developed last year and it's almost, we could call it the Dorinda Med- Medley. Medley? Medley. Medley. Um, like attributes, let's just say, is the anger. Oh. Candace has so much anger. Oh. I don't even love Ashley per se. There's something about Ashley, I don't know. I just don't understand it. But do I feel bad every time Candace is even near Ashley? I do. I you think Candace if you didn't. Yeah, and I just feel like when it comes to Candace right now, she has so much anger and I don't know if it's about the money, if it's about her relationship with her mo- her mother, if it's even about, you know, pregnancy things that we don't understand yet. But I feel like when it comes to Ashley, Ashley represents something that just must really hit deep down with Candace. But back to, you know, Ashley, we get to see Ashley and the baby. And that was a moment. Yeah. I just, first of all, when she said with a straight face, by the way, that she and Michael had been through a lot and they got through it, I just thought, have you been through a lot? Or is your husband possibly, he's definitely probably bisexual, he's definitely probably cheating, and he's definitely probably embarrassed you on a level that I think most people will never understand because you actually had to go on international news shows to discuss whether he pinched the butt of a cameraman. I mean, that is beyond just like, oh, we got through some hard times. This is not issue about who's going to throw out the garbage or who's putting, you know, the dishes into the dishwasher. This is a little more than some, quote, hard times. No, but I did appreciate it. I love the way she was like, you know, we've been through some stuff. And then I was thinking like, okay, low-key, we've been through criminal charges, sexual assault. But everything's good. Dean is here. Everything's fine. 
yeah, we're good now. You know, I do think that might be a positive result of her postpartum depression. It's really making her focus on her anxieties with her child rather than her anxiety with the asshole she might have married and, you know, she married and definitely just had the child with, who looks exactly like him. Exactly. Like, that baby is definitely his. And I was worried, but I mean... But I always think about this. Like, if you have a child and it looks exactly like the person that you divorced, not that Ashley and Michael are divorced, but just thinking for it, um, you know, does it affect the way you see them? You know, I always wonder that. When I see people who are divorced and the child looks just like the other parent that, you know, like, how does that affect you psychologically? Because Ashley did say when she was on a walk with Michael later in the episode that she wishes the baby looked like her because she carried the baby and no one ever says it looks like her. And I was like, well, first of all, it doesn't. Second of all, I could understand that. I, I hope when I have children, it looks like me, but my husband and I look enough alike that I don't think you could distinctly say, you know, 100% it doesn't look like either of us. I feel you. I mean, that baby definitely looks like him. But I do feel like babies take our kids or people take on, you know, the mannerisms. So once you start getting the mannerisms of your mother, this and that, you start to look more like them. Okay. And I'm just a different, you know, I've been lucky in that way. I look, you know, exactly like if mommy and Abba had a baby, it would. <laughs> and I we did have a baby. But I mean, like, I am fully, when my hair's wet, I look exactly like Abba, and everyone calls me little um, Ima, so I'm definitely Mommy and Abba. Well, you and, you I'm like of my parents, so I guess neither of them, if they ever do end up um, leaving each other, will have any emotional issues with looking at me. You might be a problem. But I was excited to see Sleepy Robin, who looked like she was full of energy this episode. She and Juan are so cute. I'm obsessed with them as a couple, and their boys are so adorable. They're so in love and so happy. But I didn't, I didn't feel like just so we can get over these scenes with the two of them, because honestly, to me, they were just so staged. I didn't care for the stage thing of her being like, we have to get married. No. And then him taking forever to then say, of course we are, and her crying. And I didn't care for those tears were dry. She had already cried those tears off camera, and the producers wanted her to do that for us. Because even right from the beginning of, of, of the scene, as soon as they were kind of like playing this out, and I saw his smile and everything, I literally said to myself, this feels like it's for us. I feel like they already had their moment. Also, Robin never yells at Juan, so she wouldn't do that unless Juan knew she was going to yell. He would never let her do that on camera, and she wouldn't put him in a situation like that. And I also remembered at the reunion, she already basically told us they were engaged, so this wasn't needed. So then they give us that fake scene, and then later, you know, we have them at the party, and I just felt like it's lovely. I'm so glad they're together. But is Robin bringing anything to the show right now? I don't know. But, you know, I love Robin, not just because she makes me feel like taking a cozy nap on a rainy day, but because I feel like she is kind of someone who doesn't make the drama, but she has no problem standing up for what she believes in and really holding her voice when there is drama. But I did love, you know, when 
Candace and um, Giselle met at the restaurant and Giselle pulls up in the Gucci Mini Cooper and I was just like, she tried to be like, oh, it's my husband's car. Like, you loved riding around in that flashy, bougie car. I was laughing so hard at her trying to kind of be, like, casual about it. Like, oh, it's my ex's. I'm driving his car. Like, just because I have nothing else to drive. I was like, no. You know you were filming this day, and you wanted something that was, like, check me out. Look at me. This should be the word on the street. Me in the Gucci Mini Cooper. Also, I love that she let us know that he does not live where they live he lives in atlanta i did not know that me neither and i thought that was very interesting and weird and i feel like that's another thing adding to the daughters not being comfortable with the whole thing because to me right away i keep thinking why does giselle date people who because didn't her last boyfriend not live in the same state i think he lived in in atlanta as well why does she keep dating people in Atlanta? No, I mean there is like a community of very um, affluent, right. successful black people there, and as an affluent, successful community, Potomac is a similarly affluent, yeah. successful black community, and perhaps it has something to do with just sort of there might be some interconnectivity between people within that community moving there. But that is me taking a lot of. Um, jumps based on absolutely no socioeconomic knowledge on either place. No, I agree with you. But I did think it was interesting during that cake tasting, cupcake tasting for her birth, for it her. sour quick in that moment. They were kiki, she was calling Giselle the cupcake queen or the dessert queen, which again, I didn't know that was a thing, but okay. And then all of a sudden, I mean, Candace can hold a grudge. She really is Dorinda, you called it. Candace called Giselle when she comes. She said when she's trying desserts for this anniversary party that she's planning, that she is going to invite the person that she knows who is the dessert queen, and that's Giselle. And I was like, really? Because they do show her in the you know kitchen a lot with her daughters, like baking some cookies or making some cakes and everything but I've never seen the results of this like is there going to be some sort of supermarket chain kind of cookie making by Giselle because I know she's in the makeup I would definitely think that she's a makeup queen but I didn't know that she's like a dessert queen and I just didn't know if that title was worthy of the person it's being told I feel like that's more for New Jersey exactly I was thinking of Kathy I mean that she's the cannoli queen yeah this just seemed, no, they mixed up the plot lines. They got confused, just like with the new camera doing that I do not care for. They're also messing up the names of what everyone is. Yeah, but I definitely felt like, you know, Candace not inviting Ashley to her party was very, like a bad way to start this season. I also thought it was very, it showed a lot of growth on Giselle's part that she came to the um, tasting when Candace had said some really horrible things about her on Twitter. She called her house a teardown. She said she lives in a $900,000 cabin. I, I felt like Giselle was not trying to be the, <clears throat> pardon, be the drama stir let's say this season i felt like she's really stepped back from that role and i like seeing her more in the peacemaker role i agree but i did like how fast they she both giselle and candace were ready okay so it's on yeah both ready to like take each other down 
And I just felt like, okay, this is interesting. I have to say, though, the next scene was probably one of the biggest highlights for me in the history of All Housewives. When they, when Monique went to visit Ashley, and they showed baby Chase, who is nine months old, who has supposedly been potty trained since four months old, taking his little potty. I was clapping along with them. I was like, I need to go on Monique's blog. This is probably the best advertisement she ever did for being a mommy blogger because I want to know how she got a little baby potty trained that quickly. I don't even have my baby yet, and I want to take the course in how to do that. That baby is the cutest thing I ever saw, and I was so impressed with his potty training skills. I mean, potty trainedness, I should say. I was just blown away. I literally called my mother to tell her about this baby because I was so impressed and she thought it was a baby. Did you call your mother? I did. She happens to be your mother too, but nonetheless, I was the one that called her and I shared the news that I know a baby that was nine months old was potty trained. And my mom said that my older sister was the most impressive potty trained of all of us because she did it um, just around nine months old and I said well this baby's been doing it for five months he was potty trained to four months so what do you say to that no in this scene there was a lot happened that I enjoyed I I like I said I think Chase was like a scene stealer Ashley was sitting there with her newborn baby couldn't even look at that little baby little baby Michael I know that's not his real name but it felt like that should have been his name so I'm just gonna call him little baby Michael but I was horrified by the messiness of the producers when they put a picture of Candace and a hamster next to each other when Ashley called Candace a hamster face. Could you imagine on a different franchise them doing that? Only in Potomac would the producers get involved in the fight and put a picture of a hamster next to Candace's face. Could you imagine if they did that to Vicky when they when when Slade called her Miss Piggy and they did a Miss Piggy face next to that? I was shocked. No, I agree with you. Bravo loves its shade. Also, everyone. The baby's name is Dean. They have went with the name Dean. It is here. And Monique's child is Chase. And I love Chase. I said the no. name. I remember Chase. name is Chase. Monique's no. boy's name is Chase. Her, her bird's name is T'Challa. And I already forgot Ashley's baby's name again. Little baby Michael. Owen. Dean. No. Dean. <laughs> <laughs> That's how memorable it is. Okay, so we're getting, we're at the party. We're at, we're at diamonds and denim, which full out, I wrote like a note to myself during this episode. And I was like, I love Candace's dress. Why did she choose to wear those boots? I wouldn't have worn them. And then I later am like, oh yes, that was the theme of the party. Well, I have an issue with this party right off the bat. I thought it was the tackiest thing ever to have an open bar. If you can't afford to give your people a full bar experience, then don't invite that many people or don't have the party at all. Party. That was so tacky. And I love Karen Huger's shades when she found out it made my night. And she when she just looks over and says, well, to each his own. I mean, it said so much. And so totally encapsulated why I love this show. It is so funny. Everyone is so on point and their shade is so shady. I mean, no one is in the sun on this show. Everyone is under the shade. 
Well, I was thinking maybe did did because Candace at one point turns to her mother to tell her mother the news as well that it's an open bar. And when she tells Ma, also known as Dorothy, that it is an open bar and her mom gives her like a double take look and kind of I think she kind of shrugs or says just something like along with a shrug. And I was thinking, oh, is Candace letting her know that she's almost in, not embarrassing, but making a moment so her mother can see she has no money? Because it really does not seem like, why would you throw a party? I was excited to meet the new housewife, Wendy. What did you think of her? Karen, and I quote, was not impressed. Karen was not impressed. But here's what I thought right away. I said, she's pretty. And I feel like she and Monique are going to be friends. And right away when the two of them saw each other, I was like, I knew that. I called that. That was the moment. And I saw it and I appreciated it. I also like that she's very smart. Like She has such an amazing career. I, I'm excited to kind of see what's going to happen with her. I like later we learn, which I couldn't tell Giselle cared. She seemed a little like, oh, okay. Like, But I felt like there was she clocked it. When, when Wendy said that she's, like, worked with her husband, but then that, you know, it made me, like, see, okay, so this woman is, like, is an interesting person. I want to learn more about her. But what I also noted was Giselle was wearing a jumpsuit. Another game, you guys, fun to play with every housewife across the board. Who wears a jumpsuit to get Andy's attention? Usually at least one or two within an episode people will be wearing a jumpsuit. Andy loves a jumpsuit. Andy Cohen loves to see a lady in a jumpsuit. But I was really excited when Robin showed up with one because none of the other husbands showed up. You are right. None of the other husbands did show up. And I felt like Giselle made a good point when she clocked that as well. But I also thought what was interesting was that Candace kind of makes a, kind of makes a scene and takes Karen and Giselle outside to let Giselle know that she knows that there was a moment at the cupcake place and that she's okay. she feels like everything was okay, but now she doesn't, she just wants to make sure they're still there. And I just felt like, oh, Candace, you want to fight at your anniversary party? Like, what's happening? Candace is up for a fight. The fact that she invited Cherise. At first, when I saw Sharice, I was almost excited to see her, but then we find out that she has been the catalyst behind some very nasty rumors about Monique, which we don't know what they're about yet. But I definitely was intrigued and I wanted to know more. And I also, we haven't seen her in a minute. And I love that Robin was pointing out that she wasn't even at the wedding. So when did this friendship come about? I agree. I agree with you. I had the same reaction, thinking like, oh my God, I've missed you, my old friend. Where have you been? But then when I saw Monique did not care for her and that Monique let us know quite a few times that these rumors were being spread by Cherise, she would not tell us what those rumors were. And I love that the producers kept being like, so what are these rumors? So what are these rumors? Because I do wanted to know, what are these rumors? Yeah, but I definitely feel like Candice is always up for a fight. She's always trying to get, you know, below the belt with the other women. And I, I have a feeling like this might be the story that will follow that will lead to the big fight. 
I definitely thought that myself. But I have to say, I was all nerves more than about Charisse when Candace called up her mother figure, Karen, and her actual mother, Dorothy, to give speeches. I was almost sick to my stomach before anyone said anything because I was like, these women are not women that I can predict how this will go. I was shocked off my biscuit when Candace said to everyone that my two favorite people are Karen and her mother. After she just said in like a scene before in a confessional that her relationship with her mother is not good, that they're trying to make it okay. And we see their interactions are very awkward and not like how usually one is with their mother. So I just found the whole thing like, what's happening, Candace? And why did you choose these two people? And then I love when Giselle and Robin are like, I have words as well. I can say things as well right now. But it also, I actually think that Candace and her husband seem to have a cute relationship. Earlier in the episode, they did that very long extended handshake thing, and they seem to be in a good place. But then the two women she chose as women to emulate, the first one gives a speech and says that she and her husband are having problems in the marriage. And the second one gives a speech and says, I've been married for 35 years over two marriages. I was like, are these the women you want to give advice for you on your about marriage on your one year anniversary? I think not. I couldn't believe it. And when um, Karen again made the big speech about how Ray and her are not doing well, all I kept thinking was like, what is happening? Because Karen last year would have killed any of these people for saying one thing. And at every moment she can, it seems like she's grabbing that mic and being like, so let me tell you a story, everyone. I feel like the blues should be playing in the background. Yeah, like a piano, like letting everyone know maybe Lisa Renna's voice on the housewives very low and deep. Being like, you guys, let me tell you about a story about Ray. I just, I wanted to know more, but I thought the first episode was amazing. Well, the last scene where it blacks out again and you just hear screams and you hear someone yelling, let her go, Monique, let her go. Was it Karen? Was it Giselle? Who is screaming? What's happening? Who is Monique holding on to? I'm imagining it's Candice because all the information I have suggests as such. But like, I need more. Don't make me wait seven weeks for this. Well, you know what? Luckily, I feel like every week they are going to bring it. I can't wait for the second episode. We are going to be here analyzing it. I love Monique. I so love to take this adventure with her. But I have to say, I also love Candace. So I'm not, I just, I hope Candace shapes up. Alana, Candace is so cute and dresses so. I love Candace well, when she has just calm and funny and she is so cute and her style is adorable and there's something about her where I'm rooting for her but when Candace goes in on a person it's so below the belt her anger management is so out of control and it does give me as you said perfectly Dorinda vibes where I just feel like the alcohol mixed with her anger that's boiling under it is so rageful when she expresses herself 
that it's making me lose that part of me that's very sympathetic towards her. I, I, I don't have that same level of empathy towards her pain sometimes because I think, well, you are so hurtful to people unnecessarily. I'm really excited to see how this season plays out. I want to see more of the great Lee Potter train chase. I want to have more of this kind of um, development of all these things that they've opened. I think that this season has started off with so much strength and unlike, um, for example, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, this isn't a show where there's only one plot line that's very weak that they're gonna sort of focus in on till it's death. I love that this show has opened up with so many subplot lines too. I feel like we're really gonna go somewhere. I'm excited for the journey. No, I'm so excited. Potomac has never let us down. They're yep. not going to start. They're mm -hmm. usually, I have to say, like New York, where no matter what's happening, something is happening. So yes. I'm excited to find out what's going to happen next. And I just love the show. And just like the show with just so many different reality stars we are obsessed with, we have an amazing, amazing interview with reality star from TLC Smothered, Sarah Fleischer. And we are so excited to interview her about her TLC experience and everything else going on with her life. So let's begin. So my name is Sarah, I'm 26 years old. You can find me on social media, on Instagram, under my name, Sarah Marie Fleischer. Um, so I currently work for Christian Dior in Boca Raton, and I've been with Dior for two and a half years now. I've worked in the fashion industry since I was actually 16 years old. I got my first job at Claire's and worked my way up. Um, so I've always known I wanted to be in fashion ever since I was a little girl. Um, shopping was my favorite activity. I would make my mom take me to the mall twice a week. Um, she wanted to murder me, but you know, it was just what made me happiest. So, um, my whole life I knew I wanted to work in fashion and do something where I could show my creative side. Um, so I started my journey in Claire's when I was a teenager and worked my way up. So I worked for companies such as like Juicy Couture and Kate Spade, BCBG, and I finally got my foot in the door with luxury with Miu Miu. Um, so I worked for Miu Miu for a little over three and a half years. Um, I worked with them in Saks Fifth Avenue, and then I also worked for Miu Miu in Miami Design District. So I got a little bit of both sides of the spectrum, and you get to experience kind of two different clients and almost like two different worlds, because inside of Saks, you're really partnering with Saks associates and club members to service clients, where when you're working in a freestanding store, it's all on you. So it's really about building that relationship and connection and show what you can offer versus what a department store can offer. Yeah. Um, I was then recruited for Christian Dior, which was actually one of my dreams to work for Christian Dior. So that was literally like a dream come true for me. Um, the day I got the offer, I cried. It was like one of the happiest days of my life. Um, and I have been with Dior for two and a half years now. Well, you are amazing. Everyone, you guys should go to Dior and 
shop with Sarah because she's my favorite person. Like you just have the best energy. You're so helpful. And I, you know, clients, you can see that they really do experience that you care and you're really paying attention to like what they love and their needs. And you're just like no other. No, I oh, thank I was, you. So I've worked with you from the end of the client and you are amazing. You're so sweet, so nice. You bring such a good energy and you're so much attention to detail and patience. I could not have had better experiences interacting with you. Oh, you, you guys are the best. <laughs> well, it's so true. true. We always we talk always about talk how about amazing you, you are. are. By far, like outside of Dina, you are my favorite person outside. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I love you guys. <laughs> oh, we love you because you just have an amazing energy. You're always so positive and I think everyone needs that in the fashion industry. Yeah, there's not enough, I think, like, and I'm going to include us, like, <laughs> there's not enough people like us in retail where they want to be positive. They're not trying to just, like, get a sale and kind of be aggressive, but just someone who has, like, a good a good spirit. And just loves fashion. Exactly. Give everyone that. And I think yeah. you do. Because shopping and like fashion should be fun it shouldn't be you feel pressured to buy like we were all young ones where we couldn't walk into Saks and buy anything we wanted so everyone deserves to be able to go in and try something on and feel special and fall in love with it even if they can't purchase it right now so fashion isn't only for you know clients that can afford it it's for everyone so I try and include everyone. Very beautiful. <laughs> Perfectly put. Yeah. Should be quoted. I love it. It's really lucky to have you on their team. Honestly, I think you are, anyone who had you on their team would be lucky, but I think you are very much adding an elevation to the experience. Oh, thank you guys. And um, within the fashion industry, what has been one of, obviously getting hired by Christian Dior, but what has been one of the highlights of your career? So I think one of the highlights of my career is Miguel and I went to Paris. It was my dream vacation and we went there for my very first time. And I remember walking the streets at the time I worked for Miu Miu still. And Miguel let me go into like all the, all the stores on Montaigne Avenue and like really have like a, a Parisian day. And he asked me, he was like, if you could buy one thing anywhere, what would you pick? And I ended up with a, a diorama. So it's where I think like I fell in love with Dior just from like the customer service. They brought us champagne. Like, you know, we weren't there to spend $10,000, but they treated us as if we were kind of thing. And I think that's where I fell in love. And that same day he was like, oh, where would you want to work? What's your dream? Is it Louis Vuitton? Is it Gucci? What is it? And I was like, it's Dior actually, like Dior is my dream. So I think that would be like one of my highlights is getting to experience Dior firsthand from Paris and their like iconic Montaigne Avenue store. Um, because now like when I speak to clients or present the collection, I have like personal history with the store, where it came from and like the background behind it. And there's like, so lovely. And there's an aspect of like a sentimentality to yeah. it that's so nice. You know, I always say to people, you know, even my friends with the biggest collections of bags or jewels or whatever, everyone has the same response. Like there's something really sentimental about each purchase. And I like that your relationship with them started with the sentimental purchase. 
Exactly. Like till this day, my, my little silver diorama is my favorite handbag just because like of where it was purchased, the memory it has. And like, you know, it has some scratches on it, but it's like a story. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah. Oh, I, I love, love that. <laughs> Again, just like the best energy. <laughs> Amazing. And then, you know, on the other hand, without naming names, do you have any like funny or kind of horror fashion stories that you can kind of share with us? Like personal or clients? Oh, either. Yeah, yeah, either clients or personal. You kind of your experience. Yeah. Oh God. So I feel you. like there's so many. Like <laughs> I feel like especially inside of Saks, you see a little bit of everything. Um, so we've had some clients like come in, you know, we have sometimes you have your super young girls that are probably like 18, 19, 20 with like, you know, these older men and they're purchasing maybe for the first time, maybe it's not the first time, but I feel like those are always like my favorite experiences because <laughs> you really get to like romance the product and you really have to sell yourself to the man that's buying it because yeah. they're not there. Like they could care less about the product, but they're doing it like for the experience. So I think like, you know, one of my favorite stories is always like we had this couple come in once and it was like a super young girl and like an older gentleman. And like, they're like making out on the chairs, like other clients are getting uncomfortable and, you know, all over a handbag because they love the story of the Lady Dior so much. So <laughs> it's just like, it's crazy, like what a story can do for people. Like she was like, oh, can I be a princess too? Like... <laughs> <laughs> and then you just stand there like of course you can like whatever you want like you know do you want some more champagne <laughs> with this bag you can <laughs> amazing and you probably have to be like though in such of of course and thank you and oh have my gosh you have to just go with it like with a smile I feel like that's one of my best traits is I can go with things even that are like super uncomfortable or awkward. Like I, I can, I can portray myself like with a smile and act it out where like, you know, some people sometimes like they wear their expression on their face. So I feel like that's what helps me in those weird, those weird times or like, now we get a lot of clients that, you know, a lot of frauds going on due to like COVID and all of that. And it's like, you have to be able to kind of stand your ground. So I feel like that's like a new lesson in luxury where it's not just like you're killing the client with kindness. Sometimes you have to be like, no, like I can't do this for you and like not get intimidated. Yeah, I think that's also like because um, we worked a lot abroad, too. And in Europe, it's a lot more like that. You still have a lovely customer service, but you're also you could be blunt and tell somebody you yeah. cannot return. This. I mean, in France, I never accepted returns in France and in London. They actually train you like in France. They actually don't really even necessarily like overly greet people until I mean, outside. The, I mean, you are not in the mountain, so it's a bit different. It was a more of a touristy place. But if you are in like a proper boutique, they will just ignore you until they know that for sure you are someone who will be regularly shopping with them and they will be a part of your sort of customer world. And in oh, wow. them, they'll even tell you, you know, don't greet a customer as soon as they walk in. That's overwhelming. You like have to give them time. Yeah, they'll give them time to look through the store completely and then you greet them, which is yeah. 
did American yeah, um, so customer service. It's just such different. When I know? when I first started working here, it was like the biggest difficulty for me because I would be giving people time to explore the shop, and then people would be like, "No one greeted me." I was like, "But I didn't want to overwhelm you." So it's a very I different that. I've heard it, especially like with the Asian market, like they don't want to be spoken to, like their idea of luxury is to shop in like silence. Yeah, but you know, it's very, for me, because, you know, it's my, my personal preference is actually, I don't like when people help me. If I have a question, I'll come to you. For the most part, <laughs> I want my space and it overwhelms me. I will leave a store if too many people start coming to me. So it's so funny because I can appreciate that end, but in, in my job, I'm actually doing the exact opposite. I'm so on people's, you know, neck that I can like treat <laughs> it. I know exactly what you mean. And then I think sometimes it's because I know that I'm breathing down their neck that when I go shopping, I'm kind of like, leave me alone. Like I do this all day kind of thing. And I feel like that plays a big role in it. Like sometimes you just like want to be left alone. But then if I'm not greeted, I'm like, oh my God, like they were rude. They didn't say hello to me. Like, am I not good enough? It's not good here. But I do find one of the things that like working in a customer service environment has really sort of not, not a great thing to say but it's sort of ruined for me as a little bit customer service itself because as soon as someone's showing interest in me I'm like all right you'll get the commission this like, <laughs> just I'll tell you when I need you like back off like you don't really care about that you know I'm shopping for my birthday or something you just want to make sure you can get the most out of me so leave me alone 100 <laughs> percent. I feel the exact same way and it's like you know, there are obviously sales associates that genuinely care. They're out there. But even with them, I'm kind of like, oh, look, like, I get it. But I I just kind of want to look today. <laughs> <laughs> or like, they'll try and sell me on something. And in my head, I'm like, oh, if they only knew I said this 10 times today or something like that. <laughs> no, I know. Sometimes when I'm hearing certain words or like them being like, you know, you just love this and how like wearing it like this and this and it's so you. And in my head, I'm like, not today. Not well, today. one of the things that I read on Business of Fashion a couple of years ago actually was that a lot of people who work in the industry are solely online shoppers. They did all these sort of like um I could see that I'm becoming polls. more online. I could see I it. Shop online because when I get really overwhelmed, like I don't want people coming up to me because then I feel bad. Like especially because I don't need the song and dance. Like I know what I like. I I'm obviously trained in this field, and then and I, I feel so bad that I'd rather just stay behind my little computer and return and I think it. We were taught like hundred percent. Yeah, and I, I just feel like we were so brought up in in a household where, like, our parents said, if you go into a store and you do get a sales, like, if you start interacting, you have to buy You have to. Because, because then it's not like fair. Rude. Yeah. <laughs> and they're, they're like, wasting, the, we're, we've been told, like, you know, you're wasting their yeah, time. You're not sin, being Like, it's not right. Like, it's really wrong. So I then get overwhelmed because I'm like, oh, my gosh, what did they think? And then I didn't. So sometimes I end up just buying stuff. And I'm like, well, no, at least I know I've helped someone. Yeah, I've gone the other way. Like, I'll walk in and be really rude <laughs> than I really am as a person. Like, I'll walk in. I'm like, no, thank you. You know, just so they're all talking shit about me in the corner, and I'm totally okay with it because I did it on purpose so that no one wants to help me. So it's yeah, so you're left alone. 
Yeah, and then at the end, once I've decided what I want and I'm like paying for it, I, I turn on the charm so that they can be like, actually, she was nice in the end. But it is funny, if, if you, I've watched it a few times, I've watched when Alana walks into the shoe department, how all of them come. It's like swarming. I feel like, right at her. I, I feel like I have darting eyes. No, I really do. I feel like I have the honeypot. Like, I'm like, yeah. get away from me. Like you can't even, even when I walk into the shoe department, because they know I don't get a Saks discount. So right now they have sale up. So the other day I was looking at a a Gucci shoe. I wasn't going to buy it. I was just looking at it because I thought it was like ridiculous looking. Two people, oh, Sarah, what do you think of that? Like, I'm not buying this. And if I was, it wouldn't be from you. Like, thanks. The best is I think because I'm like in the store and out of it a lot. So maybe certain people don't maybe know who I am. So I have gotten the same guy in shoes who at least has come up to me five times. And I see him and I feel bad for him every time because he thinks I'm a customer. So I see his like expression walking over to me. And then as soon as he notices my name tag, just everything drains from his face. Oh my God. Walking away. No, but with me, what happens is like I will walk anywhere pretty much on the sort of ground floor of Saks, and they don't know me because they don't have reason to know me. And so they'll, especially in contemporary, start swarming me, and I'll literally be like, I'm Dina's sister. Dina's my help. I work with Dina just so that I can sort of back people off of me because I'm like, no, I don't want anyone. One time I made an accidental mistake. I was looking at shoes and I put them on hold because Dina wasn't there so that I could get them from Dina and Dina's like no now I can't take that sale because oh no like no I wouldn't have even tried it I believe it though 100% because you're always dressed so beautifully and you wear a lot of the products that sex sells so the second someone well-dressed walks in it's like they swarm and you know what sucks about it is sometimes you feel pressured to buy because they're swarming you, but then there's also that stigma of returns where you're the world's worst human being if you return something, even if it really doesn't work out. Like, yeah, it's such a double-edged sword. Yeah. And, like, I understand, like, sometimes we spend, like, two hours with a client, and it's super annoying if they bring it back. But at the same time, like, I wouldn't want to be stuck with a $1,000 shoe or a $4,000 handbag that, you know, I'm really not going to use either. So it's like, in a weird way, I feel like we're forcing people to shop online because they know that they can just send it back without, like, without the harassment. Because I think the whole thing, again, when we were abroad, we didn't work on commission. So when getting, coming here where commission is such a huge thing and, for me, commissions even new because I used to always do management positions. So being in now like where it's styling for socks in that way, it's so interesting because then I feel like it brings out an energy of yeah. like do sell like because of it, which I don't care for. No, I got in trouble all the time at um, my job because I would tell people all the time like, don't take it. It's not working for you. It's not good. And, and they would be like you can't say that to people I was like no I would rather be to no I'm being very honest this isn't working like I will spend two hours with someone if they're not happy man then I will say to them I'd rather you take nothing than leave with something that you're not feeling confident about because a like I've not I've pressured you like I don't know what I'm doing and b it's gonna go in the back of your closet and just be something that you resent me in this shop for you taking and it always actually not 
out of some weird intention, but I ended up always having really good sales when that would be the dynamic because they know they can trust me. Yeah, but that's 100%. I'd prefer someone to tell me like, I don't love that for you. Then like I've tried on dresses in all stores where, you know, it's obvious it doesn't look good on me. Like I'm super short. So a lot of times things look too big on me and, you know, there will be people just like, no, take it. It's great. And it's like, I'm not stupid. Like I understand it doesn't look great and that's okay. No, but I did on a quick side note, and I'm just sort of jumping, but we'll come right back. It is so interesting and smothered. You look so tall. Oh, we were talking about that. You like, you look, look so, so tall. My mom is also short, so she's only 5'2", and I'm five foot. So <laughs> when it's just the two of us, I guess, like, it helps that there's no one else around. Like, um, I was like, oh, she has so much. Well, it made me think of the fact I remember when I was young and I read an article about some celebrity, I can't think who it was, and they were like, the person writing it, their first line that said, this tiny petite girl, I think it was about maybe Lady Gaga or Britney Spears or some pop thing, and they were saying when you see her, she's so larger than life on you know on the screen or whatever it was because I can't remember who it was and then they said but when you see her in person she's so petite and small <laughs> that you could almost like you know just walk right past and not realize that this huge person is actually this little tiny thing and I felt like that when I saw you I was like she's so little and yeah <laughs> in person and here she looks larger than life I love it yeah but um you look beautiful by the oh. way Thank um, you. This Skype camera, you look yeah. beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Yeah. Person, oh, so you guys are so sweet. <laughs> really mean that. Um, but speaking of kind of that environment, then how do you feel um has COVID affected the way like you know your clients are responding to you or even how you're interacting? Well, COVID has definitely affected us. Um, so oddly enough business is actually super up even with us being closed for two months I think we we were closed for two months and we lost about like 12 percent on the year because of that and we've been open since uh the first week of May officially and since May um we've been able to like make up our deficit and actually take us up 16 percent on the year so oddly enough like COVID really did, it It affects the way we interact with people because, you know, you can't give a handshake anymore. A lot of the times, like after the point of sale, especially if the husband's purchasing, they'll shake your hand or something like that. There's no more handshakes. Um, you know, you're in a mask, so you definitely lose a little bit of facial expression. Um, not everyone speaks well with their eyes or their hands. So <laughs> sometimes the interaction changes a little bit because of it. Um, I feel in a weird way, our usual local client is not really shopping right now. And if they are, it's over the phone or we're shipping it or doing curbside. Um, I like to think that a lot of that's also because it's summer and, you know, a lot of women are in their vacation homes right now, or they're up North or something like that. Um, but at the same time, our business has really been driven by like a new, more urban client, I feel like they're really looking for what's trendy, they want all Dior oblique, oblique everything. Um, they're really, I, they come in like with cash, a lot of the times it's like gift cards. So 
our business is up, but it's, it's definitely a new client. And we've all kind of been talking like, what are we going to do next year? Like, how are we going to comp these sales? And a lot of it is, I feel like from the stimulus or unemployment and all of that at the same time, but you know, people are buying luxury, so I'll take it. So what are like your current um, like favorite brands and styles? It doesn't have to just be Dior. We just like to know what things are inspiring you right now. So for clothing, I'm super into Love Shack Fancy right now. And like all of the ruffles, all of the like florals and like the big shoulders, the puffy like sholdered and the lace, everything like frilly. I'm completely obsessed with like the pearl headbands, the big hoop earrings. Like I love that fashion is now back to this like super girly style because for a while it was so edgy and I just never was able to get into it. Like I'd have friends in like these amazing edgy outfits and I'd be like, no, like, can I just wear a pink dress? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you know, it, it, this is like Dina and I in human form. I court. know. Like, I am Love Shack Fancy Zimmerman. Alexis, I'm getting like, into Love Shack Fancy Zimmerman. <laughs> I'm loving it. Dina told yeah, me Dina, that. you're edgy. And Alana, you're you're me. Like, you're yes, my spirit. Yes, <laughs> Yes, every, I mean, even the fact that you're wearing a headband, I have speaks volumes to our taste. Like, I love, you know, a poofy sleeve and lots of ruffle frill, lace florals. Yeah. Every, if it's feminine and girly, literally, I made on our Amazon um, storefront, I made an entire section of curated things that's like girly accessories because I just wanted a place where people <laughs> like me could find their things. I love it. Like, if my room could look like Love Shack Fancy, I'd be the happiest oh human God, being yeah. in the world. Yes, that would be pretty. Me too. My husband, he is very the opposite of me. So, like, our our biggest fight probably that we had in our marriage, but was when he bought a black couch for the living room. <laughs> oh, my God. Miguel just bought a black couch for oh our spare bedroom. He did this and at first we were going to like split the cost of a couch and get something we both loved and then he just decided like I'm buying it outright like I want black and I was like I can't live like this he goes deal with the bedroom so like that's why our bedroom is like oh my god and girly no my my bedroom is white and yellow and gold and beautiful and soft and, our and then the living room, room is very edgy and, and edgy dark and modern there's like the black couch and we have black and white pillows and gold pillows but you do have the really cool artwork yeah and then our compromise was she had like the we most have, amazing fashion oh yeah, my god fashion. i love it I was like, that was our compromise. That is literally Miguel and I. He's like, you can have the bedroom and then like do what you want. <laughs> but he's the opposite. Like I adore like my little ruffle love shack skirts or like my Alexis dresses, like the more fabric, the better kind of thing or like big bows. And I'll come downstairs and like be super excited. Like, what do you think of my outfit? And he's just like, ruffles again <laughs> <laughs> so we know you can't do tick um tiktok is not really your thing but do you have a favorite right now social media platform a miguel approved one <laughs> <laughs> i think my favorite is 
classic Instagram. Um, I've really been like working on growing my following since the show launched and all of that. So I hope that I can like one day turn it into where like I sell or market myself, whether that's for like some type of influencing or, you know, promotions for companies or brands, things like that. So I have to say like definitely Instagram for now. Um, and I'm also now on Cameo, which I'm really excited yes! about. Yes! I was like, I know. I got it so, so excited. Like, the best thing that ever happened in our entire life was when we, we got decided Reza. to do the podcast Reza. and we wrote to Reza from Shaws of Sunset and asked him to do a Cameo for us. And he said our names right. He said the show name wrong, but I, I, I was fine with it because he was so enthusiastic and called us his girl. It's so cool that you're on it. I love that you're on it. You are with the best contemporary. It was like the coolest thing because you, like I made the cameo and I thought like anyone could just be on it. And then I realized you had to like enroll and be approved and like you had to have some type of like platform that they had to approve. So it took like I want to say like six weeks before they actually reached mm-hmm. out once the show launched because you know like when the first few episodes launched people didn't really know yet like it was still very new so towards the end of the season I get this text one day and it was like hey Sarah this is Trey from Cameo we'd love to set up your profile and I'm like oh my god this is the best day of my You're life it's so exciting <laughs> we have to have her do a Cameo on yeah you have to do a Cameo for us we have to oh I will <laughs> Um, we just spoke of like, you know, 
a typical day in our life or what our relationship was like. And she passed it along, um, I guess, to the casting team. And then we had to do like FaceTime interviews, like my mom and I together. So then when they did your mom, oh, sorry, but oh, when did well, your mom find out about uh, this before the so film? After I did the hour-long phone interview, after I sent the email, I had to call my mom and tell her what I did because <laughs> I just had a FaceTime interview. Um, I knew she would go with it because she has the best personality and, you know, she's up for anything to have a good time. So I call her and she doesn't answer the phone and I'm like, no, this isn't going to work. Like, this is big news. So I called like five times and she's like, Sarah, I'm at dinner with my friends. Like, what do you need? And I was like, mom, I need to talk to you. And she's like, what? And I'm like, I just auditioned for Smothered and we made it to the next round and they're going to FaceTime interview us. And she's just like, what? And I was like, I'm not kidding. Like I applied us, like we're doing this, we're going to do it. And she's like, she goes, I don't know if I can say this, but she's like, shut the up. <laughs> She's like, you did not. So then she screams at my dad, like, Rob, you're never gonna believe this. And you know, they're, they're both from, we're all from New York. So they're very loud. And like, they have very like vivid accents. Um, so like, that when anyone who hears your accent can tell. <laughs> see, I feel like I don't sound like them, because theirs is so much deeper. I literally so. just watched an entire almost season of show with you on it. You sound like that. Oh my god, that's see, I I don't know. Like I feel like when I listen to my parents speak, I don't sound like them, but Miguel <laughs> tells me I do. <laughs> I vote on Miguel's <laughs> Miguel's side. Chris isn't as pronounced. I don't know. I from the second she ever opened her mouth in front of me, I knew she was the <laughs> Yeah, so she was like, you know, she was like, oh my God, I'm going to be the person on TV. Like my mom was probably happier than me in that moment. <laughs> so then I had to call Miguel and tell him because he also had to interview. So at first he was like super excited about it. And he was like, oh, this is great for you guys. Like, and then I think it hit him after he interviewed, like, oh, my God, like, they're going to want me on camera also. And then he had a meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he made it. He survived. Oh, and just for our listeners, how long have you and Miguel been together? So we've now been together four years. Okay. So at this time, it was about three and a half when we auditioned for the show. Um we actually, so he interviewed for us, and then I had to have my best friend interview for us as well. Like, they basically just needed to know, like, we're not fake, we're not fraud, things like that, like actual yeah. insights into your life. So my best friend is a coworker of mine, and I locked her in the back room of Dior and made her interview with the casting team. And she was so nervous because she hates the attention. She doesn't want to be put on the spot. And like, she didn't want to be on TV. And, you know, they, they promised like, this isn't for TV. This is just for our purposes, but she was going to kill me. So I locked her in the back room. I had the girl from Celine watch the floor of Dior and I, and she interviewed, like, oh, Sarah and Lori are so close. Like, she did an amazing job. But, like, I was sitting next to her dying, and she was gonna, she was ready to murder me. 
That's amazing. I love that. So did she know when you were when they were gonna come, or did you just not even tell her and then just made her go in? So she knew they were gonna be like FaceTiming to her. Um they were supposed to do it like a few times and like something would always come up or I she was a little nervous about it yeah um, but then I finally got her I was like I really need you to do this like today's the last day please 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 and she's just like fine Sarah like <laughs> she's like I'll do it for you oh I love that and now we get you guys on the show oh my god the show is so you know it's funny I I not to I don't know, have you met the other cast members like at some of the shoots or anything? No, so all of us film independently. Yeah. So all of the filming, like we know when they're coming, it's all pre-planned. They actually like were really great, like because I was working full time, we started filming last December and we filmed December, uh, January, February, and then the beginning of March. Then we were paused because of the shutdown. Um, so we filmed the pillow talk like the last two episodes yeah where they actually like mailed us the equipment and we were able to do it ourselves from home um and then we did get one last day of filming early july and then that was it like covid kind of ruined it a little bit for us but we still got to like get a really good experience um but since everyone was like kind of independently filmed like they would schedule us two days and then they'd fly to like New York or they'd fly to Las Vegas and then do the other mother daughters. Yeah. Um, so, sorry. Oh no. So we never actually got to meet, but we're all friends on like social media. Sometimes we'll text back and forth and we've kind of like created a friendship and a bond, but like we've never gotten to like have like a smothered party or anything. Oh, <laughs> no, it seems like a lot of, the people on the show, like the ages are a little bit different and the stories and the background are so different, which I think makes it appealing because it's sort of like any, this could be kind super of different. Yeah, yeah. Very different because there's not like a lot of the other shows that you see where there's sort of more of a theme. You see a lot of people like where they're all like quite young, like you and Q or there's something like that, you know, so it's very interesting. And I didn't know if you guys ever got a chance to interact with each other and sort of swap stories, but I guess through text. Like, through social media and stuff, but I feel like, um, I feel like they don't really want us speaking while we're all, like, under contract, which I get, like, just, you know, you don't know, like, what everyone else was told or given and all of that, so I guess it kind of makes sense, um, because it's not, like, a show that, like, we need to meet, because it kind of, it's, like, it's considered a docu-series, so it really is just, like, following individual lives, um, so I get it from that perspective, like the, the technicalities, but I would love to meet them all in person at the same time. It would be so cool. Yeah, I bet that'd be so cool. But everything I read online, it says that you and your mother are the breakout yeah, stars. I mean, so I feel like things are coming. Yeah, you already know the best of the characters. We hope so. <laughs> no, I read so much. I did on social media the children as a celebrity yeah no but on social media there's been such an overwhelming response to like so kind and lovely which I think is exactly what it deserved you guys are so sweet and nice and not to say the other people are dark but you guys definitely have a lightness to your relationship and there's something very sweet and I really I related to (laughs) some Oh, thank you. It was like it was so nice to see. 
ever responding. How has your like kind of feeling towards the response been? So everyone I know has given me like super positive feedback and like, you know, we love watching it or, you know, I really see you and your mom like this. So like we've gotten really positive feedback. Um, I've actually had like a few people come into Dior looking for me or, you know, like they'll, they'll like local Boca women will be like, oh my God, wait, I saw her on Smother. Doesn't she work at Dior? And like, they'll come in. Um, one woman had me like sign a Dior magazine for her. So like, that's been really cool. Um, I feel like wearing the mask has kind of ruined that just a little bit because you can't really see who I am with the mask. Um, but it is still cool because I've definitely still been noticed a few times. My mom has been noticed, but there's like a lot of negative comments online that we get also. Um, there's like, you know, just like to any TV show, like there's like a lot of haters and a lot of it is like middle-aged women. And it's just like, why are you guys so mean? Like, yeah. you what? can just, what kind of are they saying if yeah. you can ask? So like they'll, there's like a lot of rumors circulating just, you know, like any reality show, because it's not like a show where we have like a public platform where we can speak freely kind of thing. So a lot, like there's a rumor that my mom is my aunt going around and it's like, my mom is my aunt. Like my, my aunt is, my aunt is blonde and like six feet tall, like definitely not my mom, but we also like on the show we showed her pregnant with me and baby pictures like she's definitely my mom no, and then it's, so weird. It, it's just crazy like the internet has no chill like some of the things that come up like there's one that my name wasn't Sarah like someone was like harassing me like your name really isn't Sarah and I'm like I don't even have a nickname like <laughs> I've never even had a nickname before like <laughs> It's definitely Sarah. And um, another, what's another one? Oh, another one is that I'm not an only child and I have two siblings named Jesse and Savannah. So I actually have two cousins named Jesse and Savannah, but they live in New York. They're, you know, much younger than me. Um, you know, we see each other maybe once a year, but like we don't even really have pictures together because we, we didn't really grow up together. But it's like, they're my cousins. Like, I've, I so preach cool. that I'm an only child. Like, this is my life. But you know what this means? Because once you have hate, it means you're becoming something. Yeah. So you let those people hate because you're going to go to the way, way top. <laughs> and they're going to be, like, trying to get your attention. But it's come interesting back. that it's the middle-aged women. Like, yeah. You know, when I think of haters, just in my general mind, I think of, like, high school kids. and No, but like, I have no. Middle-aged women. They're just really so crazy. Like it, I personally, I love the negative comments. Like Miguel tells me all day, like stop reading them. But I love them just because it's like, wow, like you'll watch ten minutes of my life in a clip, like ten minutes an episode, and they swear like she does this every day, like or Sarah's done this her whole life, or because she said this once that means that's how she feels forever or like it just amazes me and like I'll see different members in groups argue like about what my life is like and both of them are completely wrong kind of thing and it's so funny to see it like you'll have one person die hard like 
no, Sarah is a great daughter just protecting her mom. And then another one saying like, well, Sarah needs to move back in with her mom. Like why, like Miguel needs to run. And in my head, I'm like, I've lived on my own since I'm 18. Like, you're both wrong. Like, Miguel was at home. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever, though, clapped back? Or, or do, are you restricted from doing that? Like, how is your clap back game? So, I, I started commenting back a little bit. Like, politely commenting back. Or, like, liking the super negative ones. And then I was kind of told, like, Sarah interact with the positive comments only so I had to like fall back a little bit um but that's okay I don't mind but I mean now I respond to the positive ones but I did like there's a group on Facebook and they were like die hard like Sarah's not your name you have siblings like Lori's not your mom like die hard so I did like post something very like politely because members were allowed to post in this group um and it was like oh and then a big one is that my mom is not really sick and that we just made this up and we're making fun of like people with illness which we would never do um but like what people don't realize is when you're filming like those days are pre-planned and you know you're typically at your best those days yeah they're not there to see all of the negative or all of the bad days with the good days. Um, So like, that's what they don't see. So in one of the groups, I, I actually screenshotted a post on my Facebook from 2017 and it was a post from my aunt, which was perfect saying like my niece, Sarah and my sister, Lori. So it was like perfect because I got like the aunt saying it to like knock that one out. And it was like about my mom, like being on a kidney transplant list, the post. So I reposted that because I was like, look, here's a post from 2017 posted by my aunt calling me her niece, Lori as my mom talking about her real illness. Like this is real. Like I even put like, if you have anything negative, like feel free to say whatever you'd like about me, but please don't accuse my mom of faking. Like she would never do that. Like she's just here to, you know, share her story and enjoy the life she has. And this is something that like she's able to do. Like she's not healthy enough to go get a job or, you know, interact with people every day. But she can be filmed once a month and put on a smile and, you know, go on a dinner date and do things like that. So, like, this is just something really positive for her also that, like, kind of changes her routine a little bit. And it allows for you. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say it allows for you to have this, like, time in your life documented in this really positive, mostly way. And I think you'll cherish it forever. Like, you know, you'll show your kids these lovely. Exactly. And like, that's what's so special is I got to share this experience with her and like, she deserves that. Like I would, I mean, I would love to have this experience on my own also, of course, but like the fact that I'm having such a dream come true and my mom's getting that with me, like it means so much to me because, you know, she really, she deserves it. It's so beautiful. How has, though, um, Miguel kind of adapted to this? Because when you see it on the show, he, he said sometimes he's <laughs> But you guys are so cute together. So I know, like, it's 
And also, like, what is his relationship like with your own? So Miguel on the show is 100% real Miguel. Like, that's his personality. He's witty. Um, and, you know, he's not going to be, like, pushed around kind of thing. So that that is Miguel to a T. Like, all of his comments, all of his friends would, like, reach out to him. Like, oh, Miguel, like, you were yourself. Like, that's <laughs> I love that. So that really is Miguel. Um he didn't love the whole filming process just because you know he works a lot too and we have very different schedules for work so I think he was more annoyed at like he gets one day off a week and now I'm begging him to like spend it filming and you know I think it was just a little overwhelming for him um and he's also very private, so he didn't love the idea of being on TV. Like, I think that was his biggest thing. One of his friends said it best. He was like, Miguel, you're the last person I would ever expect to see on a TV show, let alone, like, a TLC reality show. Yeah. So, like, it's just, it's very out of his comfort zone. But I give him a lot of credit because, you know, he did go through it and he went through the whole process. He was really happy when it ended, but he did it. Um, and he definitely like, you know, he made the show really good because he gave like his little side, his drama and like his little like digs too. Yeah. So like there's definitely like a lot of like Team Miguel fans out there also. Yeah. Well, I mean, the whole family. I, I think it's a very endearing and also, like you said, witty. It's funny and watching you guys. I know I wanted, like, more time on you. Like, yeah, I think my biggest disappointment, because I was not familiar with the show. Like, I'd heard of it, but I hadn't actually watched it because I'm more of a Bravo um, fan than a TLC fan. <laughs> Um, although everyone has told everyone me that. Everyone about 90 Day, 90 Day Fiance. I know. That's how it all started. Like, I got hooked to that show. <laughs> I advice because I've decided I'm going to watch it, but I can't watch it from the beginning because I already tried that once, and it was just too far back in time, and it yeah. was awkward. So I need to know what season to start. And isn't some girl missing right now, and they're accusing the you, guy? You can just even start current, and you'll just catch up. Like, you'll that's be good. But I, they just have so many different like spin-offs of it. Like there's 90 Day Fiance, Before the 90 Days, Happily Ever After. Like you could start anywhere and you'll see the drama and enjoy it. <laughs> that's why that's why I want but like I want to start where like I want at least one story and I can start the season their story starts. You know what I mean? Like I want something to follow. But what I was gonna say was I hadn't really known um Smothered. So I didn't really know what to expect. And I was really hoping once, you know, I think it was season, uh, episode three where we really got time with you. And I wanted to see, like, I was like, well, now I just want the whole episode. Like, I don't want just, like, part of this. I don't want you to have to share screen time. I know. <laughs> and there was so much more that, like, you know, we filmed that didn't get edited in. But, like, I, I wish, like, we could keep going. Because now that we've seen it, I'm like, oh, like, I know what I would like maybe tweak a little bit or small changes I would make. And like, I'm like, now I'm like, now I feel like seasoned at this. Like now I'm ready. Do you, think you might do another show yeah, or yes. do you see that kind of, that could well, be like your next chapter? 
we hope for a season three. We don't know anything for sure. Like um, last we heard was TLC has to renew the show. Um, and then I guess like they would go back through the casting and however that behind the scenes works, which I'm not too familiar with. So, I mean, fingers crossed, we can continue the journey, but I don't know for sure. And would you ever do something else? Would that ever interest you? I would definitely like do something else. Like I, I loved the whole like experience of it. I love like, I love like that, like, you know, put yourself out there on TV, like let people say what they want and like make their comments. Like, I don't mind like looking ridiculous or being like, you know, a little obnoxious, you know, it's, it's, it's very my personality. So for me, I'm like all for it. <laughs> Oh, I like that. I like that. And how's your, have you felt like your social media, do you feel like you're getting a lot of like new followers and this and that from the show? It's definitely grown. Like um, I gained like a couple thousand new followers, which was really cool. Um, I've gotten a few like companies reaching out to me to like, like I got a free blowout if I posted or like workout classes. So like, definitely like sponsorships are starting, which is really, really cool yeah. um, because it just, it helps grow even like myself as a person or a brand or an influencer. So hopefully this can like, just be like a stepping stone to get me somewhere else in the future. Yeah. I could see that, That's especially so like soon you'll have the, the Dior bag on you, you know, doing the post. I know. <laughs> that would be, I think we're all three of us would like that. We'll be in it together. <laughs> I'd like you to send me products so that we can. I, that's my back. dream. Give me the book tote, I'll post I, it. I, I do have a question for you just about your experience as mother. Yeah. Like, you know, without giving anything away that you're not allowed to and everything, was there sort of a highlights kind of um, a rose experience and a valley experience like something you wish didn't get shown or you felt got shown you know less than you would have wanted it to or you know and like something where having that shown was just epic so I feel like I wish the show was able to show a little bit more of the backstory for my mom's health um just because at the beginning of the season, like that's what we really did a lot of our interviews about and focused on. Um, but unfortunately, they weren't able to get clearance from her doctor's offices. Otherwise, they were going to film a lot of her appointments. So I feel like due to them not being able to get the clearance, I think it was her doctor's office, like a lot of them wouldn't allow it. And they were all kind of under that same umbrella group of doctors. So like one wouldn't allow it and then the other one wouldn't like the whole group itself just kind of said no we we don't want to be filmed so I feel like that kind of changed our storyline a little bit um and took it more into like just the mother-daughter relationship which is all real um but I do wish like we were able to focus a little bit more about that just because it was really important for us to kind of like tell her story and just in hopes of like maybe there's a trial out there of something that could help her or someone that would hear like what she lives through every day um but other than that like I love that they portrayed us so close like I mean it's still reality tv but like I the love is real I think the only thing that didn't maybe get fully portrayed is Miguel's relationship with my mom like 
him and her have like a really good relationship. They text all the time. Um, there's been times like if I'm at work and my mom really needs something, Miguel has driven up there to help her with something like, so they really do have a good relationship. And, you know, Miguel will text her if she's not feeling well and like they'll talk back and forth sometimes. So they kind of made it like Miguel just like can't stand both of us, which, you know, it's okay. Like, Cause that is true. Like sometimes he's like, Oh my God, there's two of you. Like I can barely handle one. But at the same time, like they're, they're close. So, um, I read where um, you had said in certain points, you actually felt like you were more the mother. Like you took on that more mother role. Do you feel like they kind of showed that as well? Or like even kind of touched upon that? I feel like they definitely showed it in the sense where like I was I'm always worried about her like I'll drive to her if she needs me even in the middle of the night um, and I'm always like monitoring her health and all of that is like definitely real. Um, my whole life my mom has been sick I've always known she was sick. But I think when I started college and moved out, that's when I really realized, like, you know, this isn't going to get any better. It's only going to get worse. And at one point while I was in college, I was away at college. She was really sick and went into kidney failure and was in the hospital. And I was away at school and they didn't tell me because they didn't want me to worry or drive home or anything like that. So I feel like that's when it hit me, like, I need to be more on top of this and just like be more a part of it. And I can't just pretend like it's not happening or it's not real. Um, so there's like a lot of the time when, you know, she'll, she'll kind of need some motivation or, you know, she'll need the reminder, like, Hey, did you do this today? Did you drink the water? Did you take your pills? Like sometimes she just, you know, she's a little out of it sometimes so she doesn't always realize or remember and like you know like anyone else she has her good days of course but she has bad days too and I feel like it's those bad days that make me feel like I have to watch over her so much because otherwise like you know she if you don't tell her what like eating healthy is she'll be like oh isn't this like cheeseburger from McDonald's healthy because like I took off the bun or something like that. <laughs> like your attitude. Yes, your attitude. <laughs> so she, <laughs> like, so she, she needs to be told, like, no, mom, it's still considered processed. And she's like, I don't understand. So, like, a lot of, like, little things, I feel like she has trouble evolving just because, like, you know, she's on a lot of medication. She doesn't always get it. <laughs> TLC, if you're listening, which I hope you are to monitor that she's doing an excellent job, which she is on this reveal. Yes. Please note that Smothered Mother Dearest. Mother Dearest is a great name for a show, and I give you the right to the name. So, <laughs> we just have a few more questions, and then we're going to get let you go. But we were wondering, was there any fun, like, stories from filming yes, that you can tell us? Like, yeah, I want to hear, like, the It must be stories. so interesting having people filming you and yes like did you find it hard not to break the fourth wall I would have yeah so at first like 
So it was really funny. So we had no idea what to expect. Like we've never done anything like this. No idea. So we had our first filming day set up and it was at my mom's house in Port St. Lucie. So my dad is unfortunately not part of the show just for like his personal reasons. Um, He's very private, but he, he declined completely. So he's also wasn't really around much when I was growing up. So that also is what made my mom and I so close. So I feel like if he was around more and if life wasn't the way it was then, you know, maybe my mom and I wouldn't be as close, which, so it's kind of like everything happens for a reason in a way. So although he's not in the show, it's kind of a very honest portrayal of our life because he's not the person I would go to in an emergency. I mean, if like, if I had a, if my toilet was broken or like, you know, I got in a car accident, I would 100% call my dad. But like when it comes to my mom's health, like I feel better doing it myself rather than going to him. Um, But he was there for the first day of filming and, you know, he didn't take this seriously. Like he thought we were, I, I don't know. He thought we were crazy. He's like, you two are idiots. Like, I don't believe this for a second. So the doorbell rings and there's this huge crew. There was like 10 people, like producers, two different camera people, people with microphones, lights, like they filled a whole dining room table with like snacks and waters and like all of the food for the crew and everything like that. And he was just like, oh my god like what did you guys get yourself into (laughs) and it was like the happiest moment of our lives so they put like microphones on us and the first scene I think was like the weirdest for us just because they're filming us and they're telling us to have like a normal conversation but you know what is normal what is entertaining how does it look like we had no idea so it was like that one first day was just like we were just like in shock like we didn't know like were we doing good like did what we said make sense like would you ask them or no would you ever turn to them well like so we would and they'd often be like they'd be like oh if you're not doing good we'll stop you or you know something like they'll like redirect you in a way but um they you know they just they want you to be natural that's the whole point of it like so they really will watch you that whole day and like you know you are being natural so even though you might think like oh they're just gonna want this one part of my day they're not gonna want x y and z like x y and z is what they want because that's when you least expect it and that's when you're like your true self Oh, oh my so God. interesting. Yes, I always wonder about this because, I mean, obviously every reality show probably has its own like rhythm and a different dynamic comes with this. And this is probably a very nice one because you're with your actual family. So yeah, you're in a like little bubble where they're trying to like fight but everyone. Yeah. yeah. I think it, it might be like kind of I don't know I couldn't imagine like like it's someone told Dean and I to just talk naturally like all of a sudden they'd be like what's up like, yeah, I know, yeah. I it's like what do you mean like I have nothing to say to you right now I don't know her that much. I'm like, are you hungry <laughs> <laughs> by the way your doggy is so cute oh thank you those are my mom's babies she adores them more than anything in the world Ollie and Frida <laughs> Oh my god, I oh, I love the name. Like so cute. I was like you know that you've got like the best dog in the world when on a camera and all that stuff they're still bringing in. <laughs> we were so cute. Yeah. 
How's it going, ladies? Hi. It's just your audio, don't worry. Okay. Yeah. Uh, hope everything's going okay, first and foremost. Yes, same to you. I told them you were exactly yourself. I'm smothered. Oh, yeah? A little, some would say a little too true. <laughs> no, no, we love yeah, it. Yeah, I loved it. I would, they I watched it. I wanted to know, how do you feel? Do you, do you, like, when you watched yourself, how was that? Because especially, you're reminding me a bit of my husband, where you're not a person who wants to be in this position. So I was about <laughs> watching it. Yeah, you know, uh, being on TV really wasn't, uh, you know, something I ever wanted to be on or dreamed of doing, but... You know, Sarah really wanted to, you know, Sarah wanted to be on the show and she asked if I could join and be a part of it. And, you know, I felt bad saying no and I wanted to support her. So, you know, I did it a little reluctantly, but I did, <laughs> but I did do it and uh, I tried my best to be authentic and uh, I hope it came off on the show like that. He was very authentic. <laughs> do you think you would do it again? Uh, I've told Sarah no at the moment that I don't want to do it again, and she's really doing her best to convince me. So far, so far we don't have an offer, so uh, you know, that, you know that's where we are at the moment. <laughs> so everyone can at the moment just enjoy season one. Yeah. I mean season two of, yeah, of what they have. Season one, the only season that matters is the season you season Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, um, we just have them before, right? We let yeah. them go. Yeah, before we let you go. Last question. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank guys. you. Thank you. Definitely, ladies. It was great seeing you. Bye. Have a good night. Enjoy your telly. <laughs> He's so lovely. You guys are adorable. Yeah, you really <laughs> So, because um, we know you don't watch any Bravo shows, we usually have this fun game we play, which is called Text Elite. And we do it with like different members from either the shows or Bravo. But we decided because um, you know, you're you're that's not really your cup of tea, we would do Dior bags. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Okay, call text elite. Call being like that's the one you love the most. Text being the one that you're like, you're cool with, and delete is like bye. <laughs> okay, so delete would definitely be the 30 Montaigne. I, it's not for me. It's like, you know, it's, it doesn't excite me. I feel like it's a little too mature. Um, ooh, but the other one, I'm okay. so torn because like, uh, okay. So I think the call would have to be the lady Dior just because it's so iconic and it, you know, it's going to represent Dior forever. And it's like, you know, that it bag and always will be. So I think it naturally has to be the call yeah. uh, because it's just like the super luxury, like it's Dior and you you can't mistake it. Um, ladies. For text, I'm like super torn between the saddle and the book tote just because like, I'm obsessed with the book totes and I love them. I love that you can personalize it, but I love the saddle and I feel, and my next Dior bag will be a saddle, not a book tote because I feel like I'll wear it more. So I feel I'd have to text my, a saddle. <laughs> I, I love, love your answers. Yeah, I love your answers. 
and it is my favorite bag. I wear it way more than I ever thought I would even. I mean, living in Florida makes it a perfect all year round bag, which I think, you know, maybe in a different environment, I might have stuck it more to a certain season, but I love it so much. But all I've been thinking about is the saddleback. Like it's been on my mind. I love it. Jen Zuner was um, shopping with me one day and she had a vintage saddlebag that she put the new strap on. And I was like, oh, I like sold her the strap. Oh, did yeah. you? I love her. She's so lovely. I love that you sold it to her. You like literally, I like, <laughs> she was with me and like, I was like, wait, wait, what's happening here? Like, I love this so much. And she I has have, the best style. But I have the bag she has. I'm just not as cool as her. So I come. No, you could totally uh, wear it. No, she's very bohemian and she just. She's she, very edgy. She's yes, edgy. edgy. She, yeah, and I, I just lack that sort of je ne sais quoi that her bohemian energy has. And I think I need, like, that's why I've always not taken the saddle because I feel like it's not, like, I'm, I'm, I feel like I need a bag that's more ladylike, I guess. <laughs> You're that's why you have your lady and your book tote. But you have my favorite book tote of all time, the kaleidoscope. Oh, I love that I love one. That. I love it. So thank you so much again, Sarah, for joining us tonight. Please tell everyone where they can follow you one more time. Hi, guys. So you can follow me on Instagram at Sarah Marie Fleischer, or you can even find me on Cameo. Um, the link is in my bio on Instagram also. Thank you guys so much for having me. This has been amazing. Oh, yes. Thank you so for joining us. I enjoyed every 